This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. It's Monday, time for our Zoomer Squad. And let's talk about the vaccine rollout, especially here in Ontario. The good news, it's happening, but in a really scattershot, helter-skelter fashion that I believe is still disadvantaging the people most at risk, and that is older people. The authorities are worried because while only half of the city's over 80 population has received a shot, the bookings from that age group are tapering off. So why is that? Is it because it's hard to book? Is it because people think it's hard to book? It's be- is it because they can't get to the places? Is it a combination of all those things and what can be done to fix that. And if you're between 75 and 80, you can now book for a shot at one of those mass vaccination centers as of today, but your appointment will likely be a few weeks out. And as of today, anyone over 60 can get an AstraZeneca shot at a pharmacy. The trick here, you have to find a pharmacy that still has some supplies. It's most likely to be one of the drugstores that participated in that pilot project that had 330 drugstores in three cities. Uh, And that pilot project was limited to people between 60 and 64. It is expanded. Anyone over 60 as of today. Uh, That project, by the way, will be expanded to 1,500 pharmacies uh, over the next couple of months. Uh, So the bottom line, it's pretty dizzying. It takes a lot of legwork. Different people are doing different things. I know that, for instance, Humber River Hospital was vaccinating people over 80 without appointments. They got a lot of people done that way, and the, the, the brief was, go there, you might end up standing in, in line for nothing, but I know a number of people who got their shots that way without a hassle. What about you? What's your experience been? I've heard from a lot of people who have their shots. Uh, Are you having challenges? 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And right now, let's go to Bill Van Gorder, who is the Interim Chief Policy Officer at CARP. David Kravit, who is the... Vice President of Zoomer Media and the Chief Membership Officer at CARP and P- Peter Mugridge, Senior Editor of Zoomer Magazine. Hi, guys. Hi, Libby. Hello, Hi, everyone. Libby. Okay, so, David, uh, your take on the vaccine rollout. I think you hit it when you said lots of different things are happening at the same time, and it's very scattershot. But I must say two things about the online. Uh, I tested it again <clears throat> this morning, didn't go beyond the runway. I didn't actually, wouldn't have been able to tie it up to make a booking, but the runway was very easy. There's a screen that says if you're 60 plus, click here to reserve an appointment. 60 plus? Oh, Uh, in a pharmacy. Okay. Yeah, at a pharmacy. No, no. Uh, And it said AstraZeneca, this is what you're going to get. On the left side of the screen, it said uh, if you're 75 plus, click here and you'll get Pfizer and Moderna. And I did, uh, I did speak to someone who uh, was eligible and booked it uh, without any trouble at all, had to enter their health card information, uh, an email address uh, so that they could be sent an email to confirm it, and um, got an appointment uh, for this week. Wow, and this week. And got a reply in their email, an auto return with a QR code, like an ID and a confirmation number, uh, easy as pie. 
Hmm. That's interesting because uh, when this was announced, General Hillier said you're, you can book on Monday, but don't expect an appointment soon. And, you know, I, I'm thinking this is good news and bad news. But if we only have half of the over 80s vaccinated, uh, if, if people younger are getting appointments in those mass centers, it means uh, they aren't reaching that other half. You're bill. right. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, you're um, right. In this case, it was easy for this individual. You know, it was it was not a problem. Yeah. But I don't say it's widespread at all. That it and it may have been a function of the location. I don't know. Bill. Yeah, I I agree with uh, David that if you're uh, tech savvy, <clears throat> then it's easy. Uh, but if you're not tech savvy, uh, it can be it can be confusing. I'm sure that, and I know from the current members we're hearing from that. Uh, people over 80, the older adults who aren't familiar with online, uh, find it confusing themselves, have to find somebody else uh, to help them. Uh, when you look at the at the pages, the phone numbers are hard to find. They don't uh, bounce right out at you where you can phone if you don't want to, to do it online. And uh, older uh, Ontarians are confused by what's uh, what's happening, and they're not getting the, the information uh, as to exactly how to go about uh, uh, making their appointment. Uh, does anybody know how, how that phone line is going? Is it, can you get through on it? Does anyone know? I, I, yeah, well, I tried it this morning without uh, letting them answer, and uh, I, did, I did get through uh, uh, to, uh, to, a, to a ring, which was better than I did last week when I just got a busy signal. So I assume uh, since it was ringing uh, that I would have gotten through it. I didn't want to tie it up. So I hung up at that point. Okay. Um, Peter. Yeah, well, um, I, I think it's rolling out well, but the, you know, if, if you have um, a family member to help you and, and sort of, or if you have like a support network that can, you know, t- you can talk it through and figure it all out, or you're listening to, um, you know, you're listening to Zoomer Radio with constant updates and, and telling people what to do. That's great. But there, there are a number of people who are completely disconnected from everyday, you know, you know that kind of support network that, that's dialed into the, uh, into the community, and, and, and they're, they're the ones who are falling through the cracks. And, uh, like, I, I'm thinking of, like... Um, you know, ethnic communities living in, in high-rises in Toronto where, you know, they, they may not even be online, you know, like they may not be following the news, they may not even understand it. And, and these sort of communities are, are falling through the cracks. And, and what, what I think they're, they're talking about now, and, and I don't know how close they are to rolling it out, is to actually get um, mobile vaccination clinics to go into these neighbourhoods, these high-risk neighbourhoods with a lot of older people, and um, and bring the vaccine to them rather than having the people figure out how to get to these book an appointment and get to these vaccination centers. Well, so here's here's what I know about that. I was talking to Dr. Samir Sinha, who is our leading geriatrician last week, and he said they were planning that, but that it would take a bit of doing because it's not simple. My own doctor, who's been on the show, Dr. Kingstone, said that his clinic has contracted with Sunnybrook to deliver shots to his patients who are not mobile. I have to follow up on that. I'm I'm not understanding exactly how that works. And we know that the city had a number of pilot projects where they went into seniors' buildings and uh, vaccinated everybody in them. And that was uh, quite a while ago. So... Again, it's it seems like it's the same deal, scattershot, and and I know that people are thinking about those who maybe don't speak English that well. But exactly what's there for them is a, is a little hard to put our finger on. Uh, lines are heating up, so uh, going to take a couple of calls. We've got Marianne in Georgia. Hello, Marianne. Oh, good morning. Good. Uh, I am actually in Georgina. Yeah, didn't I say that? And, um, I, I just wanted to give some positive input. I wanted to let you know that uh, the, the booking for Georgina in Keswick came up last week. I went on the Internet, and I was able to book an appointment for next week. Great. 
And, and so you're I thought that was very positive. You're going to a mass vaccination center? I am. I'm going to the uh, the Ice Palace, which is the arena in, uh, in Keswick. And uh, actually, three of my friends also got bookings for the next day, which is the 25th. So... I just wanted to say that uh, there are some positive things, positive things happening up north. Well, yeah, there there are definitely actually positive things happening all around. the The problem is that, as I said, it's helter skelter, and people are. Yeah falling through the cracks and this was one case where if you live in Toronto if you live in Toronto usually for most things you got first dibs cuz it's a big city with a lot of amenities but in this case no because there are a lot more people here and a lot more older people so people who live up north where there are smaller populations like yourself uh, were getting appointments sooner yes and i also wanted to tell you that a friend of mine, she lives in Toronto, and uh, a mobile clinic came to her apartment building last week, and they all got vaccinated. So I thought that was wonderful. Does she does she live in one of those seniors' buildings that had the pilot project? I don't think I don't know if it's a pilot project, but she does live live in a seniors' building. Okay, thanks for your call, Marianne. You're welcome. Bye bye. Bye bye. So yeah, it's uh, it's just all over the map, and it it just. I don't know. There's something like uh, you kind of, uh, you know, it's people talking to each other. Did you hear about this or did you hear about that? And did you try this or that? It just seems, it just seems, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's it's yeah, like that. It, exa- go ahead, Bill. I know exactly, I know exactly what you, you mean. And it's, you know, it, and it's a product of our COVID times. Prior to COVID, when uh, older adults got together. They got together regularly uh, at uh, at a place of worship, at a social club, at a bridge club, and that's where the people who were online, who were up to date, would tell uh, the others what was going on. COVID has completely cut off that kind of uh, uh, communication. So uh, once again, we're dealing with uh, so many seniors living in isolation. They don't have anyone to help them. They're not talking to other people about uh, what's what's going on and they're not finding finding out so so the you know the problem we're trying to solve is being more made even more difficult because of the problem we're trying to solve <laughs> good point there uh linda and pickering hello linda yes good morning good afternoon oh yes it is afternoon. <laughs> um what i was calling about is uh, why does the government um like canada revenue if you owe them money, they're right quick. They can find you. <laughs> Why is not the government um, doing having this program? They know who's over 80. They know who's over 65. Why can they not send them a notice with an appointment in their area and a phone number where they can call if they need transportation it's a, it's, it's, you know what, uh, you know, it's a provincial, I think part of the problems with all of this is that there are so many cooks. In so the broth, there's yeah. this, you're, you're talking about a federal agency that knows where all of us are, the CRA, but pr- yeah. health is provincial. And then there are some initiatives that, that are run by the city. It's even unclear that actually those pilot projects are, are from the province, but with the city. Then there are the local health units who are doing their own thing. There are 34 different local public health units. The health teams run the health units, so some of the hospitals have been up and running for for weeks now and and doing it, but uh, that's part of the problem. But this is not a province problem. It's a federal. It's all of Canada. Yeah, but health is a is a is a provincial thing and the provinces get very exercised when the federal government's telling them what to do. Politics. Yeah, it's all about politics. Okay, Th- thank you for taking my call. You're very Bye-bye. welcome. But there's a great there's a great point there that uh, she makes, Libby, if I could just cut in for a second, is that um they've all treated this as um something extra within the existing structure and system rather than an emergency that requires coordination. I remember a couple of weeks ago on this show, 
on successive days, you had a discussion about um, vaccinating people uh, in uh, homeless uh, homeless shelters, and yeah. you had two diametrically opposite statements from one from Alderman Cressy from the Toronto Public Health, and the next day, I think it was the Provincial Solicitor General. The, the <laughs> yeah, made it was a, great. The province made us do it. No, we didn't make you do it. I mean, opposite, I mean, they it just mind-boggling that they can't get everybody into one room at the beginning to say this is a once-in-a-century emergency. We can't just funnel this through all our existing bajillion silos. We have to get the thing coordinated. Yeah, well, and, and you know... they don't, or they don't. <laughs> you know, David, and when it comes to that, this is another thing that is kind of driving me a little nuts. And that is because of all of this stuff, they can all point fingers at each other, right? Yep. So my yep. question to Councillor Cressy is, why are you prioritizing homeless people over older people who are shown to be at the highest risk with the most severe disease and death? So rather than saying that, you know, for him, I think that that helping the homeless is a big priority for him. It's his thing. So rather than saying it's it's my thing and there there is infection in these homeless shelters and that's what I'm doing, he's blaming the province until we finally dragged it out of him that, yeah, there was some discretion involved. So, yeah, yeah I mean, even yeah. when they make decisions based on their own understanding of things, you try getting them to take responsibility. Not easy. <laughs> Okay. As we're seeing, as we're seeing. Okay. Lauren in Toronto is confused. I don't blame you, Lauren. Hi. Hi. I, I am confused. <laughs> they announced, you know how they're doing 60 to 64, 75 to 80, 80 up. Well, they announced twice over the weekend that they're doing 60 plus. Okay. Everybody I will, ex can... Lauren, let me explain that. All right. So what happened was there was a pilot project in pharmacies. This oh, is I with see. AstraZeneca. And that's when uh, the federal body said, don't use it on people over 65. So people to 60 to 64 for uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Got their shots. Nasi changed his mind, said, yes, it's fine for people over 65. So now pharmacy in a pharmacy only anybody over 60 can get the vaccine if you find the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're not the, telling you which ones are doing it. <laughs> well, OK, so the situation is that the 330 pharmacies that were in of the 330 pharmacies that were in that pilot project yeah. some still have supply uh -huh. but you you have to find out the it's going to be wrapped up to more pharmacies but in the meantime uh they don't have supply. So uh, you either have to go through the grapevine where somebody tells you, uh, uh, like, this is what happened in my neighborhood, by the way, on the weekend. I'm taking a walk. One of my neighbors, very excited, comes over and tells me that he got his shot. And I said, oh, I thought people over 65 couldn't get it until Monday. And he said, yeah, but Loblaws, they're doing it now. And the the Loblaw, uh, he said, Marvin told me, another neighbor. Yeah. And the Loblaw at, um, it was at Jarvis and uh, Lower Spadina was doing it. And he said, oh, a bunch of people on our street went there and got their shots. Our street is not particularly near Jarvis and Lower Spadina. <laughs> but it, this is kind of how it worked. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. You're welcome. You made me feel better. <laughs> okay, well, uh, you know, people, if you're over 60, you can get an AstraZeneca shot if you find an AstraZeneca shot. But, Libby, you know what's further confusing the issue is that some people are getting called in by their doctors and, and getting it in doctor's offices as well, and and they're sort of bypassing the pharmacies and the central registry. So the, the, there are many... Uh, sort of loose ends in this whole thing. Um, and, 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 and like Lauren, a lot of, a lot of people are confused. And, and it, it, someone at, at the province and, or the city has to sort of resolve that confusion and, and just come out and say, this is what it is right now. Well, you know what? It, it, it's good. Uh, the doctors have been clamoring. We we just got another press release from family doctors saying, we want to help yeah. with this. Yeah. 
but again, the issue with doctors is supply. I've heard from doctors who are sort of going, yippee, I'm going to get some, but they don't really know when they're going to get some. And, and does the doctor's vaccines, does that feed into the data when they say that um, half the 80-year-olds still haven't been vaccinated? Um, are they just saying vaccinated in the Ontario mass clinics or are they capturing every vaccination because they're sure not capturing every infection or they probably aren't even capturing what their inventory of, of uh, drugs is? I would imagine they are because, uh, so first of all, whoever is, is giving a vaccination is getting paid for it. There's got to be a billing well, number true. for yeah, it. That's true. Yeah. Um, so, so they're definitely, they might not be completely up to date, but they will definitely know because the, the supply is released and, and, uh, people are getting paid for yeah. administering yeah. those. And I actually think, and some people have started to do this. I think that the pharmacies and the doctors have the best shot of reaching people, especially older people, housebound who are not getting reached because they know, you know, my, my, my doctor knows which of his patients are stuck at home. As a matter of fact, I have seen him, even though he, he's uh, over 80 himself, uh, visit neighbors in their late 90s quite recently with a house call. So uh, so the doctors know and the pharmacists know which of these patients are in that situation. Yeah, and, and I think that probably a lot sooner the, they should have been enlisted to find those people. Yeah, that makes sense. Because so, so the people who are able to use the, the online system can use it and those who aren't able would be covered by doctors if they had the vaccine, right? I think that would, that would be a much better system, you know. Okay. Well, we've had them. We've had them on the show a lot. The OPA, the Ontario pharmacists. We're having them on after after you after, guys. Yeah, we have thousands of storefronts. Why are you? We know who everybody is. We've got all their prescriptions yeah. on file. Um, you know, we're the logical. Uh, problem solver here. Right. But uh, it's it's going to take a bit. I want to take a couple of calls. Some people have good news. We've got Norman North York. Hi, Norm. Good afternoon, Libby. I hope you're feeling well. You sound great. Thank you. I just got my vaccine shot less than an hour ago, the first of two. I just turned 60 last fall. Our local counselor sends out a newsletter weekly, and there was a link to the area of pharmacies in the area that are giving it. And I called a local one that I've never had any dealings with before. But a week and a half ago, they called me back a few days later, and they booked me for today. And I was just there, and uh, I'm feeling fine. Great. I'm glad yeah. to hear it, Norm. Congratulations. Yeah, so keep it simple. Trust your counselor now. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? That's, that's, that, that was good work on the part of that counselor. Which counselor was that? Francis Nunziata. Okay. Mm-hmm. A shout out to Francis Nunziata. That was a good thing to do. I wonder if other counselors were doing the same. Thanks for your call, Norm. Okay. De- thank you. Dennis in Brampton. Hi, Dennis. Hi, Libby. Thank you for taking my call. And I guess there are a couple of pieces of good news. I, I actually just got my Pfizer vaccine at the, my local hospital here in the region of Peel. And I will say the, the portal for the region of Peel. If you can log on to that portal within minutes, you're got, you've got a booking, and they don't ask you for health card information, any of that. They just tell you this is what you need to bring when you come. So it's, it was very easy. In fact, I, I was amazed. And that, that portal actually opened early. I was able to get on there on Saturday uh, morning and, and make my booking. And uh, second, may I ask how old you are? I'm 75. 75. So that was, yeah. Now the, it, the hospitals in Peel, like Trillium, yes. they have been doing a bang up job, a great job. And, and again, yeah, and I, I mean, say, Tor- Toronto I had its, Civic. yeah, to, Toronto had its own portal. And I know, uh, people who got, made an appointment on the Toronto po- portal before the province's portal was up and running. But it, again, it's, it's all over the place, and people in Peel were able to get a vaccine through the hospital before people in Toronto. But now the mayor of Peel is complaining that so far there are no pharmacies in Peel. So, 
it's um, what can I say? Uh, Dennis, my, congrat- wife, my wife got, believe it or not, on Saturday afternoon, the doctor's office called her, our doctor, and said, uh, are you able to come in this afternoon? We can vaccinate you with, with the AstraZeneca. And she, just on the AstraZeneca point, uh, you probably saw the news this morning of the clinical trial in the U.S. Yes. A large clinical trial, which now says effectiveness of the AZ vaccine is uh, 90, is 72% against asymptomatic and 100% against severe illness. So I'm hoping a lot of people will reconsider. I know there's been some hesitancy around that. And uh, boy, there's uh, the good news just keeps on coming. Okay, Dennis, thanks for the update. You're welcome. Thank you. Be well. Okay. Uh, by the way, people, we, we're still going to be talking about this in the back half with different guests, so hang on. Uh, I'm not going to get to uh, all of these calls before I wrap the guys. Uh, but, um, okay, we'll take one more from Joan in Innisfil. Hi, Joan. Hi. Um, thanks for taking my call. I just was talking to your fellow there, and I just was saying, uh, we don't have Internet. So I got on the phone this morning right at 8 o'clock. I had my my uh, cell phone, flip phone, and the other phone, and I was dialing, dialed uh, 40 times, kept getting busy signals, busy signals, <laughs> kept going. And finally, the 41st time I got, um, a, well, a person or a recording, but I was on hold for an hour and five minutes yep. with the recording coming on every five minutes, like, you know, there's a problem with our system, you know, hold, we'll be with you soon. Anyway, finally, after an hour and five minutes, I did get a person, and she um, took my information and my health card information, and then uh, she said, um, I need an email address. I said, I don't have email, dear. That's why I'm phoning. And she said, oh, all right. Uh, so then she took my phone number, but I do have my two appointments for my COVID shots which I'm delighted about, but I think it's going to be very difficult for people without um, internet access to um, get through. Because like, I, now I stayed on the line for an hour and five minutes because I knew that if I let the line go, I wouldn't get back in the queue, right? But, um, you know, if people don't have internet, um, it's going to be very difficult for them. Yep. And uh, the phone is difficult. And sometimes older people don't hear that well. So um, well, I mean, I'm 75. And I mean, but but it's just, you know, that's just the way it is. My husband's 91. He's got his first shot already. Good for him. I'm glad to hear that. But you know what they said about his second shot? Four months. I said, when I said to him, he got his first shot the March 1st, but I said, well, what about his second shot? Well, we'll call you. Yep. Well, hopefully the, those dates will move up. Joan, thanks for your call. Thank you, Libby. Enjoy your program. Thanks Bye. very much. Okay. All right. Uh, we're out of time. Uh, so bottom line, 15 seconds each, starting with Bill. People over 80 are still having difficulty. If you know somebody who's over 80 and you have access to phone or internet to help them, reach out and help, or we're going to have a lot of those 80 pluses drop between the cracks. Peter? What a great show, Libby. Like, uh, all those callers, like, they, they all came from different angles. They all got their shots, one through doctor, one through pharmacy, one through the book. So, what they, you know, we got a really good uh, sense of how people are getting their shots, answered a lot of questions, and just a fantastic uh, contribution from your callers today. Okay, yeah. I agree. David? Yeah, I agree. It's a great show, but I think that it's choppy, it's messy, but on the good news side, it looks like it is happening in various ways in various places. So the message here is be persistent and find the channel because the channels are all operating, it seems. Yeah, the channel is very unlikely to come to you. Thank you so much to our Zoomer squad, Bill Van Gorder, Peter Mugridge, and David Kravitz. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, thank you. Okay, bye-bye. We're going to take a break, and we are going to be talking about vaccines more 
When we return, we're going to be talking to the head of the Ontario Pharmacists Association and pharmacist on the ground, Dean Miller, about what is available in pharmacies, what's coming to pharmacies, and what's the best way to get access to that when we return. And of course, we'll take your calls. Before we go to break, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. As we've been discussing, pharmacies and doctor's offices are also vaccinating patients. Some of the drugstores that were in the pilot project still have supply. There were 330 pharmacies in that pilot. By the end of the month, 700 will be in the program and there, it will scale up to 1500 by the end of April. So let's get a sense of what's happening on the ground. And if you have questions, the number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. I would like to welcome pharmacist Dean Miller, who is the president and CEO of Whole Health Pharmacy, and uh, Justin Bates, who is CEO of the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Thanks so much for being with us. Hello. Good afternoon, Libby. Great to be on your program today. Thanks. Hi, Justin. Great to be here. Oh, okay. You were both sounding a little the same. Um, Justin, I talked to you on the phone on Friday, and at that point you said that about 50% of the pharmacies in the pilot still had supply. What's that number like today? Well, it's certainly depleting with the weekend uh, and many having several appointments uh, on Saturday, Sunday. So we're probably looking at anywhere from 65 to 70% left, uh, depending on the store and location. But we're getting close to the end and uh, looking forward to having some replenishment back into the stores. Okay, just to clarify, uh, 60 to 75% of the 50%. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, that's left on total. So that would be, we have about 30% remaining out there in the pharmacies. 30% of the original supply. And and it's it's obviously not, um, not evenly distributed. People basically, if they want to get some of that, they just have to find it, right? That's right. So the stores started the pilot program, each with a box of 500 doses that uh, expire most of them expire April 2nd, and uh, based on the volumes uh, and demand that's been uh, experienced out there, some are already out, and then some still have some. And I think the best thing to do is go to the website and check, because many of these participating pharmacies are utilizing a booking system and or call the uh, call the stores. Dean, uh, what's the situation in your stores? Well, like Justin said, uh, you know, certainly this weekend was was very busy, and my understanding is on a quick check this morning that um, with the announcements of pretty much anybody over 60 is now eligible that the phones have been lighting up. So, so um, I can, I can assure the audience that, you know, I think an independent pharmacy, uh, you know, which is, you know, a lot of the stores that are represented by, by my group, uh, you know, we still have supply. It's, it's depleting quickly. But uh, as Justin said, check the ministry website because you know, a quick glance of, of a lot of stores in and around the, the GTA, there's still a lot of stores that still have uh, supply. Uh, interesting. You know, um, Justin, you were telling me on Friday that the, uh, the rule was the pharmacies weren't supposed to start vaccinating uh, people 65 and over until today. I know that a number of them were doing it all weekend. Uh, I, I said in the in the last segment that, you know, for instance, one of my neighbors rushed up to me to say that he got a tip from another neighbor and a Loblaws pharmacy at, at uh, Lower Spadina and, and Jarvis was vaccinating people over 65 and a bunch of people from our street went down there and, and uh, all of that. So well, what's all that about? Indicative of just the excitement and also the anxiety out there to try to find, uh, you know, the, the COVID vaccine. I think, uh, you know, we're seeing that demand is certainly outpacing 
supply until we have that part of the equation uh, solved. I think you're going to see more and more of this. Um, the, the direction from government was uh, very clear in that, that we shouldn't start injecting anyone over the age of uh, 64 until today. Uh, I know many pharmacists were using their professional judgment and they're in a challenging position uh, when you don't want to turn people away. Uh, we also don't want to waste any dosages. So I think that may have led to some of the uh, situations that you have described, but uh, the clear guidance was wait till today. And and do you have any idea what the rationale behind that was? Well, I think it was in part from a government perspective to give uh, pharmacies time because they knew they would be inundated in order to prepare for booking. So pharmacies were permitted to start booking for this week uh, back in on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I think the actual administration of the vaccine was intended to be today. Uh now, in terms of the booking, Dean, so I've, I've heard it described to me because I know that even hospitals were taking some over 80s without appointments, you know, so it was explained to me that actually the best way not to waste anything and not to waste time if people cancel appointments or don't show up is to kind of have a mix of appointments and, and walk-ins. Uh, do you agree with that? There's definitely a strategy to this because, you know, our pharmacies use a combination of phone appointments and also online booking appointments. And, you know, quite often there's in, you know, in any given day where we've got, you know, 40 or, you know, 45 appointments, you know, there's, there's probably a good 10 to 20% of it is, you know, persons that have, you know, they've booked multiple locations and they just, didn't show up. So, you know, quite often, uh, you know, not only do our pharmacists usually towards the end of their day, um, you know, some, some spots that are just there for people that uh, either have been waiting or they've requested, they can't get through. So, so you know, it's a bit of a combination of all, all of the above, Libby. Like, uh, you know, it's just, um, you know, uh, if you've got a favorite pharmacy, um, you know, I would, I would definitely talk to the, the pharmacy, the pharmacy staff and, uh, just see, you know, when is the best time to, to kind of, uh, either line up or pop in and, and you may indeed get one, or you would just have to make, wait minimal time before, you know, they could accommodate you. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take a call from John Pickering. Hi, John. Hi there, Libby. Um, I don't know where all this uh, product is your guests are talking about. I was on the phone this morning, my wife and myself, two phones. Two laptops. I phoned every single pharmacy in Scarborough. Not one. They were all busy. They had voicemail boxes that were full, voicemail boxes that were not set up, referring you to websites that did not exist. There's no, no reference to any wait lists or anything. So if there's product out there, the information available to guys like me says there is, it's very frustrating. I, I'm sure. I'm sure it is. Maybe there's not product in Scarborough. Do uh, do either every single, every single store? Every single store. That's about one third of what's on the list. And, and finally, on TV, I saw something. Somebody was interviewing. He said, "Oh, if you go to Rexall.ca, they have a wait list." So I'm on that wait list, and it says you could get a call in months. Um, so if, the, if people are telling you there's product out there, maybe they should tell the pharmacies because they're not making it available for people to call. Well, I, like I said, maybe maybe in Scarborough it's 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 done. Uh, Dean or Justin, do you have a response? Yeah, I can jump in and start. Uh, you know, I know it's frustrating, and uh, you know, it's not easy to find. Um, I would start with the government website. We've asked for stores that no longer have inventory to be grayed out, and I think that'll be updated in the next couple of days, and that should help uh, identify which stores still have inventory. In addition to that, um, it is all over the place in in a sense because each organization is using their own systems to book. Uh, And, you know, I would also ask for some understanding that, you know, these pharmacists are just being inundated with calls, and they're doing everything they can to accommodate and to provide exceptional service to get as many people in as possible. And, there are supply challenges. We know that, um, you know, we're waiting for news on the AstraZeneca one and a half million doses that are being released from the U.S. And what's that going to mean for replenishing the existing stores as well as expanding beyond uh, the three regions? 
Uh, Dean, so you gave a tip that's uh, try at the end of the day because there are probably a few no-shows that left a few vaccines in slots. Uh, any Anything else? Uh, would you think that Scarborough would have used up more doses than other areas? Uh, you know, I can't speak specifically for Scarborough, but, you know, um, and I don't even know if this is appropriate, but if you, if you copy that fellow's name, uh, you know, off the air, I'd be happy to sort of set him up with something that uh, that will work for him. But uh, I'm I'm looking at uh, a list that uh, the ministry has supplied, and you know, we've got about I would say a good 60 of pharmacies or so that still have a very very ample supply of of, of doses remaining. So it's uh, just a matter of getting through. I know the phones have been absolutely jammed today, but uh, there there's vaccine out there for sure. Okay. Um, I have, uh, we're, we're going to take a break soon, but I, but I have a question for Justin before we take a break. And that is, you know, after, um, NACI approved AstraZeneca for, for people over 65, I and a lot of others thought that the way it would be rolled out would be similar to what's happening in the government, uh, in, in the mass centers, that it would go down by age. Do you, are you aware of what went into the decision to just say, okay, anybody over 60 gets it? Well, I think there's a couple of uh, factors. I mean, we would have probably started with a different age category in pharmacies had it not been for the original guidelines from uh, AstraZeneca and NACI to be uh, not suitable for over 65. So when that changed, we had already shifted out some of that uh, prioritization of the population. So I think the most uh, sense made to create as much equity as possible across all of the age groups from 60 and above to include that, because we already started at 60. So I think it was more of an extension and trying to create that access and convenience and get as many people vaccinated as possible with no wastage. Okay. I think I think Libby. The other thing is that you know tests have been done. There's a lot of people out there saying, "Well, it wasn't tested in in elderly people." Indeed, it was. It's just a matter of uh, you know getting the results. I mean, as to, with each passing week here, we're getting more and more data about safety. So uh, you know, I think it's a it's a bit of a moving target, but uh, you know, we're certainly in a position now to make those recommendations and follow nasty uh, guidelines. Well, And yeah. the efficacy of the vaccine has actually increased with real-world evidence. It's now at 79% for AstraZeneca in preventing mild symptoms, and it's at a near 100% in preventing death and serious symptoms. Right, because uh, the results... <clears throat> sorry, that's the results of the U.S. trial. They did their own trial, uh, and uh, those results look good to me. Guys, please hang on. We have to take another break and we'll be right back with more on this very important topic on the other side of the break. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We are talking about vaccinations and the rollouts and how it's going. And uh, I want to reiterate, because this morning, the results of the American trial came out, and it showed 79% efficacy against getting the disease, but 100% efficacy in stopping severe disease, hospitalization, and death. And I think that is the key metric. And interesting, you know, yesterday I was watching some of those foreign news shows and and listening to some commentators from all over, and and they were talking about how uh, Emmanuel Macron and some others in Europe kind of poisoned the well against AstraZeneca. I know that friends of ours in Britain feel that there was a political element to it. Millions of people have had this shot. So uh, that's all I will say about that. Uh, And before we get back to our guests, I'll take a call from Lorraine in North York. Hello, Lorraine. Hi, Libby. It's so good to hear you on a telephone. (laughs) Okay, thank you. You too. Go ahead. Um, I have a question about the list of pharmacies. I never can find the exact list. Is it Ontario.ca, blah, 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 or is it Toronto.ca, blah, 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 or is it Pharmacy.ca, blah, blah, blah? I need the exact one, you know, with the, you know all of it. Uh, because I can only find some kind of a CTV list. 
Um, uh, Justin? Yeah, no, it's a great question and important to go to the source of information. And it is uh, in the Ontario government website, so it's Ontario.ca. Um, I can go. certainly provide that link. Um, yeah, yeah, but I've been there. But what's after that? What's the you know, slash? There's a slash and a bunch of other things beyond it. Yeah, and I, I think never what we'll get do... the right one. Right. Um, I'll uh, I'll look for that and I will uh, make sure that we uh, provide it. You uh, know what? Since you are on the internet, we have our fight back uh, page on the Zuma Radio website, and Zeev will post that. Perfect. Okay. Okay. That's great. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Okay, goodbye. Bye. Yeah, it can be uh, difficult to sort everything out. Um, so, uh, Justin, uh, in terms of the timelines for pharmacies getting more supply, do you have any clarity on that? We're anxiously awaiting the news from the federal government of when they take receipt of the one and a half million extra doses of AstraZeneca that have been released from the U.S., and then how much of that will be apportioned to Ontario is still unclear and the exact timing. But we do expect in the next few days to have line of sight into that, and there's really two a two-prong approach here. One is to ensure that we replenish the stores that have started in this process uh, for the last two weeks so that they can start scheduling second-dose appointments, as well as the expansion plans which we hope will have coverage across the entire province. Um, And I think those two things are extremely important. Uh, um, Just a couple questions there. Aren't we supposed to get another shipment from India as well? Uh, Quite uh, quite possibly. I don't have the exact details on that. But we're also looking at Moderna and potentially introducing that into the mix for the pharmacy channel so that we will have ample supply. Okay. And uh, Dean, uh, do you have any more information than that about uh, your stores getting more supply? Well, being that I take most of my good information from Justin, (laughs) I will say I don't really have too much more to add, Libby. Like, uh, Justin's right. I mean, we're just awaiting word. I mean, we have it on pretty good authority that there's Lots coming. Uh, I think this is going to be an incredibly interesting week uh, because I think, uh, you know, midweek uh, to the latter part of the week, we'll have certainly a lot more information because our stores as well are clamoring of what's what's next. What, you know, where do we go from here? So I think it's going to be a pretty interesting week. We may not have any today, Monday, but uh, later on in the week, I think we'll have a lot more mm-hmm. information. And are those timelines that I had, are they correct? It'll be 700 pharmacies uh, by the end of this month and then 1,500 by the end of next month? That's right. We're actually undertaking a very robust uh, methodology to select stores in uh, uh, various regions across the province, and that list will be finalized by the Ministry of Health in the next uh, few days, and then uh, we'll start that whole onboarding process to get to a full 700 in multiple regions. And then, as you said, we'll add another 800 after that uh, between the end of March and end of April. Mm -hmm. Uh, What about my thought that that pharmacies could play a role in kind of locating people who have fallen through the cracks just because, you know, uh, Dean, I'm sure you know who your patients over 80 who can't get around are. Well, absolutely, Lydia, and and you know we we have an extensive database. Just like when you're going to a hospital or a or a doctor's office, uh, you know we can print off lists of who's over eighty and who's over seventy, and you know all by date range. So we have a pretty good idea of how to track down all these patients, and and a lot of the pharmacies in the pilot have already done that. You know they've been pretty proactive with their with their patients. So uh, you know a reminder that right now it's Toronto, it's Wind, Windsor, Essex, and it's Kingston. So, um, and, and selected stores within those regions. So, but as it expands, you know, I think that's probably a lot of the listeners are going to hear that. They're going to have their pharmacies proactively contact them. Yeah, I think that would be a, a good idea because to me, it really is quite worrisome that the bookings in those mass sites uh, are uh, the bookings in those mass sites are um, tapering off for people over 80. 
Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's, it's confusing, you know, for, for all of us, uh, you know, uh, and I can see with, uh, you know, seniors and super seniors that are 85 and above, it would be even more confusing because, you know, there's, you know, this public health region is doing one thing and the other one's doing something else. And, and, you know, it's, it's a very, very confusing topic. So, you know, again, we've talked about on the, on the show many times about, you know, reaching out to your pharmacist for information. And I think that's a really good piece of advice is have people go to their pharmacy, phone their pharmacy and just say, hey, you know, what? when do you expect it? And, you know, how are you going to roll it out? And Dean, do you have a sense of, of how many people you or, or your group has already uh, vaccinated? Well, I've got nine stores, uh, nine pharmacies that are in, in the pilot, uh, you know, four in and around the Toronto region and five in the other regions. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's probably a couple thousand, I would think at this point, maybe even a little bit more in those, in those specific, uh, pharmacies. Mm-hmm. And we've got a couple that have, are approaching the 500 dose mark now. Mm-hmm. And Justin overall for, uh, for your members. Yeah, we're getting very close to the 164,000 mark. Uh, as I said earlier, we're about 70% of the way through. So I think that should be, you know, celebrated as a significant milestone in such a short period of time. And we've got to build on that uh, through the expansion so that we can accelerate those vaccination rates. Mm-hmm. And uh, just uh, everyone out there, we will get the exact, I mean, I'm looking at a, a you know, a link which just says, uh, COVID slash uh, COVID-19.ontario.ca, which I know you need more information with the slash and everything, and we'll get that up on our website on the Fight Back page just as soon as we can. Um, so we are uh, just about out of time. Justin, what do you want to leave people with this on this? Yeah, I think the, the, the real message here is get the vaccine that is available to you have confidence that they're safe and effective. And I think the pharmacies are certainly doing everything they can to make this as seamless as possible from a patient experience perspective, trying trying to accommodate everybody's needs in the community. And we're just going to build on this success. And hopefully we get to a point in the near future where we have all pharmacies, all family doctors and public health units operating at full capacity so that we can get people vaccinated quickly. Dean? You know, I think uh, you know, like we talked about when the pilots first started, the very first day was a, a bit of a, you know, a craziness, <laughs> but, but, you know, and, and again, I think we're experiencing that today. So for the gentleman that had phoned and said that, you know, I haven't been able to get through or I haven't been able to find anything, you know, uh, don't give up, uh, um, you know, tomorrow or the day after things will probably settle down a little bit. So, but, but definitely, you know, reach out to those pharmacies and, and ask that pharmacist, you know, what, how's it going to roll out in your pharmacy? Because, uh, you know, not everybody's involved with the program, but as Justin said, it's going to expand greatly over the next few weeks. Okay. Thank you so much, Justin Bates and Dean Miller. We really appreciate your time. Bye-bye. Okay. Thanks, Libby. All right, and that is all the time we have for today. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.